Hey, super friends, my name is Neil. My name is Martin. And we are the hosts of the Get Your Comic Con podcast. We are here fortnightly-ish to bring you a slice of film, TV, comic book, and pop culture goodness from our studio to your speakers. You can pick up our podcast on all major platforms or head to our website, www.getyourcomicon.co.uk for more. Welcome to the show where we take a nostalgic trip through an entire series one season at a time and consider them through a modern lens. I'm one of your hosts, Jack, alongside my international friend and co-host, Tony Farina. This is TV Admired when it first aired, and this is the podcast where we assess whether it stands the test of time. Some series hit immediately and acquire legions of fans overnight. Some series are criminally underseen but establish a cult following. There's no discernible pattern to how this happens. And in an alternate parallel dimension, the outcome will be reversed. Here, in our recognisable universe, Fringe was a mid-level success with a devoted fan following that aired for five seasons and 100 episodes. It's smart, heartfelt and dynamic. It's the best show you've never seen. Observe this truth as we take you on a journey through Fringe. That's the first time I heard it, too. I have. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, welcome to Observing Fringe, everyone. The show where I am. I was going to. Oh, shit. I was going to wear my hat, but I have this set of heads. I have the Observer's outfit. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I've got two of his black fedoras, actually. I I actually have like eight fedoras, but I have two black ones because you never know. Maybe for uh, season five or for the wrap up, you can shave your hair. and. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, because I am. Yeah, I'm the mysterious man with alopecia, and you <laughs> are the ruggedly handsome son of a crazed, you know, madman. And here we are. I'll discuss, take it. Yeah, to discuss French. So I am one of the criminally underserved, as you as you, you represent. Are. So here's my here's my. We'll, we'll give our mm. fringe take, and then so I'll go first because mine's shorter. So, 2008, mm. my children were seven and eight. Mm. I was several years into my relationship with my now wife. We weren't married yet, but we were been together a lot longer than we were married. And so my kids were seven and eight and her kids were um, eight and, you know, 11 and mm-hmm. 14. So we were mm-hmm. busy people. So mm-hmm. TV, this is just that there's that spot. There's that time. Mm-hmm. This was it. So it wasn't that I didn't want to watch it, but this was also at a time when there wasn't streaming, which people mm-hmm. can't believe that. And I just missed it when it started. And so I didn't record it um, at the time I wish I had. And so DVD collections weren't coming out mm-hmm. quite as readily as available. So it's just one of those things. It's like, well, I guess I'll never see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I should have as soon as they started to become available for, for that. But it wasn't. I mean, I like Joshua Jackson. I think he's criminally underrated mm-hmm. as an actor, I think he's got that pretty boy thing Mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm. you know, he's like a boy band of acting kind of, that is Mm -hmm. simply not true. He's amazing. He was just uh, last year, he was in little fires everywhere. Mm -hmm. And that's a tough because it's Kerry Washington and Reese Witherspoon and he's third billing in that rightfully so, but he, you know, he held his own and it's Mm -hmm. like tough because that's a list. And so he really was showing off in that. So um, Anna Torv, I've never seen her before other than seeing Mm -hmm. her on this, like see her around, like she's that lady. 
Um, so the cast is not, it was just, I was like, that looks like a show I would like, but I just didn't get there. So it wasn't out of dislike or anything. It wasn't like I was watching something else. I wasn't watching anything else. Mm. I was watching my children play softball and soccer. Yeah. I mean, it's totally fair. I mean, for me, I'm pre-kids at this point. I'm a two, three years out of having my first um, and I was watching a lot of TV. I mean, I'd, I thought I'd have a look and see what else was on in 2008. And there was a lot of good shows that were on. I mean, it was deep into Lost at this point. And obviously, JJ helped kick Lost off. And then this was his next project. I'd already watched all of Alias that he was behind. So anything his name was on at that point, I was watching, um, which is why I came to Fringe in the pilot in episode one. But they look at the list of the shows and, you know, some of them have went a bit downhill, but they've had real high points like prison break was on chuck was on the sarah connor chronicles i mean the list goes on and on parks and rec started then dollhouse started then friday night lights was on castle was on 24 was on 30 rocks so like it was a real golden period of tv i think where there were a lot of good shows but i do think fringe stands out from the rest because it it taps into twilight zone and x files and um, procedurals which are always popular, but it hundred percent manages to do something new and original with it that I don't think we'd really seen before. And if I'm honest, I don't think we've really seen since it lives in this little space of being its own little show. Um, it really is something quite special. And I hope that, that obviously you feel the same about season one as we'll discover now, but by the time we get to season five and you see, there's an arc to it. And I do think there's a very deliberate arc to Fringe and watching it now this is my third time through um, from start to finish obviously when it was first on and then I did it all again I can't remember when like maybe uh, a half dozen years ago ten years ago maybe it finished I thought I'd do it all again I, and I you know watch it now there's little nuggets and I won't say too much but there's little drop lines and you're like oh my god like they really had that plan because you know as a lost diehard fan, and I am, I will never apologize for that. And I could watch that every single year and not be bored because I just love the character dynamics and what they do with the people on that show. But they were making that shit up as they were going along. And, and I never really watched cool. that either. That was another yeah. one I missed. Yeah. But I've heard, and I mean, again, JJ, you know, so you knew it. JJ again. Yeah. Yeah. But watching it back, you can see they were making it up as well. You know, JJ and Damon, actually, you know, Damon yeah. Lindelof became the, the main showrunner yeah. along with Carlton Cuse. But they had a general idea and they knew the certain things they wanted to do, but really from that was only sort of from season four onwards, they were kind of filling in time. This, you can tell in season one, this character needs to go there. And we know this about this character's back history and this is how things connect. And yeah, like I say, there's a couple of moments when I'm watching it with Emma and I'm, I can feel myself reacting. My, my partner, Emma, for anybody that doesn't know, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling myself reacting as I'm watching and but I'm trying to suppress it a little bit. Because this is her first time through as well. She's never seen it before. And I don't want to give anything away. No, nor should you. And I appreciate that. I mean, I'm excited. I know you said you're going to temper yourself. And we've got two I'll guest slots lined up uh, mm. next, next month. Superfan Neil is back. Um, he said this is the only show that almost bumped Buffy out of his number one mm. slot. So obviously, go. we need Neil. Plus, Neil, who doesn't want to mm. hang out with Neil for now? And then in episode four, your friend Matt. Mm. So I'm excited to meet him. So we got mm. a couple of super fans. So it'll be really cool for me. And I, so I appreciate all three of you being willing to temper <laughs> things for the newbie. So it's good. You watching with them is good practice for them when we're here. Absolutely. 
Plus, and Matt's he, one of the only couple of people I know. Like, I know he was watching when it was on. I know Rhea was. I don't think I could name anyone else, which tells you something about where this show sat when it was coming out. And I know, like, you look at the ratings and from season one onwards, you know, it really drops. But people have missed out massively. And I know that you're feeling that way already. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm telling you what, we've not got anywhere yet. Like, when we get into season two and three, whew, it gets yeah. real special. I really like it. I really uh, have been enjoying it uh, thus far. And, and I know the show I listened to, The Canon Canon, um, mm-hmm. Jeff Garlock, who's one of the hosts there, he goes on, like, they just ramble on that show. Like, they talk mm-hmm. about music, whatever. But uh, Fringe, he loves Fringe. And I know during the lockdown, he rewatched Fringe. Like, he mm. just watched it, like, in a row. It's He's, bingeable. Yeah, it is. And so it's been hard for me because I did watch the entire first season in a week. So it makes it difficult. That was like three weeks ago. But it's good because it's given me time to think back mm-hmm. about it. Um, so for those of you who don't know what Fringe is, mm. Fringe is the show where we follow um, special operator Olivia Dunham. She's technically part of the FBI, but she's also yeah, part of the Department inter-agency. of Homeland Security. Yeah, she's an interagency person. Um, and her boss is... Um, Philip Royals, brilliantly mm-hmm. played by Lance Reddick. Oh, yeah, he's amazing. He's amazing. So, um, and so then her former partner, sort of boss, Charlie Francis, played by Kurt uh, Acevedo, who went on to star um, in the Arrowverse for a little while mm, um, okay. as a baddie. He was amazing there. Um, mm. And so what happens is, is she's competent, which I mm. find super attractive. I'm a fan of competence. I mean, competent is an understatement. I think I know. We'll, we'll get into that later on, but yeah. 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 And so I love that. Like that is set mm. immediately up that she mm. is, she's ace. This is her job. Yeah. And they do a good, they do, there's some shorthand stuff and some of the 2022 lens will come mm-hmm. up with some of that. But anyway, so the premise is she's called into a case, weird stuff. Her boyfriend who is fake Tom Jane is, <laughs> is involved. It's really, it's really the actor. It's called Mark Valley. But the first time I was like, what's Tom Jane doing in this? And then I was like, oh, that's, that's not, um, so weird shit happens. And so they have to bring in um, Dr. Walter Bishop and his son, Peter Bishop. He's a, a mad scientist, kind of Dr. Frankenstein mm-hmm. character mm-hmm. and his wisecracker con man son. That's it. And then Astrid Farnsworth, the oh, unflappable Astrid. assistant Astrid shows up and that's the show. So like you said, it's a little bit of everything. I think the comparison to Twilight Zone is appropriate, but I think mm-hmm. it is... I mean, it and the X-Files clearly owe everything to mm. Rod Serling. This is much more this, the daughter and son of the X-Files than it is of the Twilight Zone. Agreed. Because of the procedural aspect of it. Yeah. It's X-Files meets, it's X-Files through the prism of JJ, basically. I mean, anybody right. that's watched Alias, it has a lot of that, that kind of, um, that's a spy show, but that, that kind of pace and that kineticism and that, um, sense of this capable main character and the little team that work with them yeah. overcoming these crazy situations um it has that lost mystery at the center where like we're revealing like puzzle box mysteries as we go and like, little drip drip feed and yeah it has the x-files like supernatural uh, mystery absolutely i think they're the things which are the, the core concepts behind it yeah yeah and so it's so there are some villain of the week stuff mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. i think is probably where some of the lesser episodes lie but then there is an overarching theme so i'm gonna leave mm. that to you because mm. you kind of is described to the audience what the because they know you know more so you'll mm-hmm. have a better better way to describe it because this is my first time through so explain the the reason this inner office agency is brought together 
So there is a, yeah, so this event, which happens in the pilot, is that um, an aeroplane is landed on autopilot, but then everybody is dead on the plane. There's like basically eviscerated, it's, it's gone. And they can't work out why. And it it is the latest incident in what they're calling the pattern of unusual events um, that can't be explained, that seem to involve science that is ahead of where of where we think we are. Um, it's that idea of, you know, where you know where magic and science or where you know, like the paranormal and the supernatural and science meet. Um so yeah, they're brought in to, to deal with this case. And, and as it unfolds, we could, we learn that our main players, Olivia Walter particularly, um, but by the end of the season, Peter as well, have a connection to this larger pattern and this larger event that seems to be at this point being controlled by a group called uh, ZFT, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and being led by a really, really charismatic David Robert Jones. Um I can't think of the actor's name. He's Jared. fantastic. It's Jared. Oh, Jared Harris. Yeah, he's just brilliant in everything. And this is the first thing I saw him in, actually. Uh, did you know he was Richard Harris's son then? I didn't know. Isn't it know. crazy? How, it's like, mm. and again, no offense to Jude Law, but how did how did they miss out on casting him as Dumbledore? <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, yeah. Dumbledore's son is right there, and he's an amazing character actor. And disappears. Thing about Jared is he disappears, and he can do all the accents. Mm. So mm. you see him in other things, but you don't know that you've seen him in other things. Yeah, because he's in Chernobyl, the, wasn't he, as well? Yeah, without the beard, and because mm. he does every accent. Mm. I mean, he's Irish. Mm. I mean, David Boreanaz. I'm just saying. <laughs> but... <laughs> But you wouldn't know it to hear him talk. No, absolutely not. Yeah, he's yeah. amazing. He's Moriarty. He's, he's from the Gary Oldman School of Acting. He is. You and, you and Dan will be talking about that soon. But mm-hmm. uh, he is definitely, um, he disappears. He is such a chameleon. So I was so excited. My notes just say, Jared, exclamation point, mm. as soon as he shows up. Yeah, love him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll feature heavily in everything we talk about. But it's good uh, later on in this episode for you. Yeah, and yeah. Me. Yeah, he's, he's, he's amazing. So yeah. yeah, there is that there is that thread. I mean, there is that pattern all the way through. I'd be loath to say any more at this yeah, point. Fair. I think. That's totally um, fair. But yeah, everything is connected and the web will continue to grow. I don't think it's ever too complicated and too hard to follow. Um, and like I say, we've had the breadcrumbs, and we'll talk about some of those in, in my best and favorite episodes where they're leaving these hints and they're they're looking back and looking forwards, which is always something I'm drawn to. Um, and then there is a lot, isn't there? There's a lot of Monster of the Week episodes. But I have to say, watching it back through again, like I say, watching it with my partner, with them, I got to episode 12 before I thought there was a single drop in quality. Mm. I got a long way through and I was like, I forgot how good this was. And I, I, and I remember season one as being weaker because it is season one where it's building the lore and it's building the history and we have to develop the characters and their relationships and find their place. And But I, but I think those first 11 episodes are really strong it's a really strong start to a brand new show i mean I, there's one in there that i don't love and i'll explain and i think it's more in the mm-hmm. 2022 lens there's something that mm-hmm. happens in one of those but mm-hmm. i agree i agree um number 12 is probably going to feature prominently in the back half of our show mm-hmm. it's written down on my piece of paper uh yeah it's written down on mine too oh cool very good <laughs> uh you're right again could this show now there was only 20 now this was at the time mm. for one season fox tried to things with two shows and this mm. was one of them where they were trying to make better because this is at the beginning of cable becoming mm-hmm. 
pre-streaming even, but cable mm-hmm. becoming prestige TV. HBO always did stuff or whatever, but like not really TV. And so that's really starting to happen here. So mm-hmm. network TV, which is this, it's free TV, but all you need is an antenna. They're trying to different things. So it's commercial-based. So what they were doing was making longer shows with fewer commercials. They mm-hmm. did it for one season. So Fringe season one is only 20 episodes, but it's 22. It's lengthwise the actors work the same number of hours one of the episodes actually got moved to season two Mm, that they recorded for season one when we get to season two i don't know which one it is i just know that one was you will know Uh, will i oh okay you'll be able to tell okay and um so this was them trying to like make Mm -hmm. network tv prestige and it just didn't end up working for them because people like apparently four minute and five minute commercials so they can go piss and eat and do whatever not miss anything Mm. and that was not this it was like you were forced to sit Fans didn't like it, but they liked the show. So this is a... It's, and you've got to really pay attention as well, of course, yeah. to the show, because it it's is a groundbreaker. smart. Yeah, you, it's smart, and it it asks you to notice small details, and you are following the mystery along with it. And, you know, you look at the, the science-y words in it, at times it gets a little bit Star Trek-y, flibbity-flobbity, but actually it's all drawn from, like, you, you can follow the science, and you can see that 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 weird worm thing that comes out of the guy's mouth is a real parasite that mm-hmm. is so yeah it's all drawn from a from real place and i don't know because you watched it on dvd right mm-hmm. so i don't know in your versions anymore whether you have it but I, when it was originally aired it used to have um, a secret code within each episode so you'd get um like a still on the screen a black background, oh yeah yeah like with a, the a thing frog with like yeah, a, yeah. Little, a hand with a dot and a so it, it was a cipher basically yeah. and if you got the cipher if you broke it you could piece it together and it would give you like clues and mysteries and it mm. was a way for you to delve further and link in with the show it was very that's very cool yeah those are there i didn't know why they were there mm, but they're okay. there between like each they still go to each break with the with the thing mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. six-fingered man um yeah and i was kept waiting for uh christopher a guest to show up <laughs> yeah. and saying i can't help but notice you have six fingers on your right hand um and he did not show up and nor did mandy patankin and Inga Matoya. but I mean, it was nice a nice nod to both of them the six finger man. So, um, no, I loved those things. I just figured like, oh, so I was looking for those things in the episodes, mm. like when that stuff would matter. But it, does, it doesn't. You'd have to. Go- I can't remember anymore. Obviously, it's years. So you have to Google yeah. the cipher and then piece it all together. There, that's amazing, though. That's yeah, ambitious. It was good fun. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I think this show is definitely ambitious and the talent of the actors is on full Oof. display. And so um, I'm excited. I think. Um, again, Anna Torv as Olivia. Mm. She, she's wonderful she is and listen and again she doesn't exist without jillian mm. but she's mm-hmm. and i like jillian anderson i think jillian mm-hmm. anderson is an amazing actor but she always played scully not as put i mean that was part of scully's back she's a little mm-hmm. more frazzled than that's her secret you know that's who she mm-hmm. is and obviously Olivia has a, has a past, too, that slowly unfolds in season one, and I'm sure it continues to unfold. But I like her unflappableness, mm-hmm. and I like mm-hmm. her competence. And mm-hmm. again, I know that Scully's those things, but she kind of out-Scully Scully here. Don't Scully me, Giles. I would say mm-hmm. that needs to be said, don't dunna me. But that didn't exist when Buffy said that. <laughs> so that's how I feel. I don't know. Because clearly, you've, you, you've seen this whole series. Mm-hmm the comparison must have been made. I'm sure there's think pieces out there about Dunham v. Scully. Mm, mm. What do you say? What say you? I, I think everything you said is accurate. I think 
yeah it, it's difficult isn't it because when something's come first you can't help but hold it up in that regard when something's come first and it's done as well as Julian Anson or Scully was but I do think Oliver Dunham is probably one of the you know when you look at Ripley you look at um, Sarah Connor you know you look at um, Ellie Sattler in Jurassic Park you've got to put Olivia Dunham up there with these characters as iconic female protagonists who like have their shit together and are somebody to aspire to be I mean yeah the way she handles pretty much every situation other than something I'll talk about when we talk about lowlights later on Mm -hmm. um is what I think is is something for every everyone to look at and to what what, what am I trying to say she's a woman but it doesn't matter that she's a woman that at no point is that really ever addressed other than the pilot, but it's addressed wonderfully in the pilot. It's probably one of my favorite moments in the whole series when she first meets Peter and he's originally Calling her doll. Sweetheart. Yeah. yeah. Sweetheart, that's it. Yeah. yeah. He's like a rogue. He's kind of trying to be a bit of a roguish Indiana Jones type at the start. It was all very deliberate. And he's like, sweetheart, yeah. sweetheart. And she turns around, I think on the third occasion and says, call me sweetheart again and see what will happen mm-hmm. and it's a brilliant moment and it sets the tone for the rest of the series i think um and she, she wanted just... her to do that like it yes. was a test and yeah. and because he's not a rake it's like mm-hmm. you know it's 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 not like the script didn't sit the script was like he says mm. rakishly that was written you know like but he's not that so no. i i think it's played but again if you weren't paying attention you wouldn't know that like you said, he was doing it on person it, purpose. He's testing it was a it, test. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She passed, and he's mm-hmm. immediately it changes. That's it. He's like respect mm-hmm. game. Oh game. yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think, um, yeah, she's wonderful, and she only gets better and better because the things she has to face as the show goes on um, become, as they would do, harder and harder to to overcome and to to think about how you would deal with that situation. And I think she's the best thing. And much like Jennifer Garner in Alias, to be fair, Sydney Bristow, she has emotions mm. and she shows them. She gets scared. She gets upset. She loves her sister and her niece. Um, she's, a, she's a rounded human being. She loves Charlie. She loves, oh yeah, she oh, loves Charlie. Absolutely. There's, a, there's that continuing level of respect moving up with broils from the antagonist yeah. relationship in, in the pilot. Um, she has feelings for Peter. What, sure, what of course. type of feelings they are. I mean, you can't help when you're around Joshua Jackson, I'm sure, I mean, to, sure. somewhat attracted yeah. to him. Yeah. So, yeah, I think um, she's a human being in, in the show. And it's, yeah, she plays it perfectly. Yeah, I agree. So, again, that's why it's like, because Scully was set up to be the straight man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Peter is the straight man in this show. Yes. And so that helps. It's like Scully was sometimes, because he didn't write he didn't write all the episodes of the X-Files mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you can tell when, when, when it moved on and some other things, it's like, don't school marm me. Scully's mm-hmm. not a school marm, but it was mm-hmm. easy to have her be a school marm. And she never is. Olivia never is. And it's mm-hmm. not, it wasn't Jillian's fault. She just showed up and did the script. Like we mm-hmm. talked about with Buffy and Angel. Sometimes you can tell the actors are like, okay, mm-hmm. director, I guess I'll do this today. But like in this, they knew. And I think when you have a sense, when you have, consistency through the five seasons of who's mm-hmm. show running and who it is and whose whose fingers are in the pie they're not gonna even if you have different guest writers guest directors other mm. thing the character is set in stone because we've got 100 episodes that we've got a story to tell so you don't get mm. to 
so there are a few things that I wrote down. I'm like, mm, that doesn't work with what you're doing with all three of them, with all three yeah. of our leads. Um, but, and I think you can write that off a little bit easier with the doctor because you're like, Oh, he's just being kooky But with Peter sure. and Olivia. Some of them are like, eh, you were figuring yeah. that out. So I do, I think she never comes across as grumpy old lady where sometimes Scully did. And I didn't like that. Mm. Those weren't my favorite episodes of the X-Files. I don't like grumpy old lady Scully. No, I agree with all of that. And I think you're right. There are some moments they're figuring out. And like I say, one of, one of the episodes later on this season, they definitely don't get Olivia quite right. And they hold on to Peter's sculliness for a bit too long with his, in this series of his sense of like, oh, it can't be that. And I wouldn't yeah. believe in that. And you like, by this point, Peter, you've had 10 episodes. Of course it's that. I believe that immediately because of what I've already seen. Yeah, because um, Astrid just goes right along with it. Yeah, I think by the end of the season, they've resolved that. Yeah. Again, there might be reasons for his resistance. They can't completely explain it away, but you know that there might be reasons for him to to be somewhat resistant to believing sure. in this stuff. Yes, as we discovered. as there might be reasons for um, Olivia to like. It's a twenty twenty two lensing, I suppose, from from a perspective. I was really surprised that when I was watching it with M, she struggled a little bit with the character of Olivia because she felt she was a bit of a Mary Sue. She mm. didn't use that term, but this is what she was saying: was that yeah. she's just good at everything, and everything she she does is goes well, and she's always correct in her hunches. Um, we obviously get to some later episodes when we get introduced to the Cortaxafan angle, and that Olivia has been tested on as a child. Um, you know. There may be some reasons why Olivia is so good at her job and why she can predict what's going to happen yeah. or can read people's emotions or who knows. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm excited to find <laughs> out. Yes. No, all that makes sense. Well, let's jump into it. So that's it. So these are the characters. So um, I think, well, the four main, the four main, I mean, and then obviously Charlie and Philip and um, Nina. Nina, they Matt's are all matter. Yeah. They matter, obviously. Yeah, they do but, matter. Yeah. but we'll focus. I mean, you know, as we go, we'll just see how it goes. And and, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, um, I don't want to short shrift anybody, but I mean, Astrid is just his girl Friday. Um, she is. She's wonderful, she is. though. Oh, yeah, she's, she's wonderful. perfect. And she knew it. It. I mean, she, as your sister would say, she gets the assignment. And mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. I think that's a hard role. I mean, mm. uh, the actor's name is Jess, Jessica Nicole. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, because yes. I mean, again, Peter is the straight man, but to the three leads, but mm -hmm. really Astrid is Friday. Like, mm -hmm. and I think his girlfriend, like his girl Friday is the best romantic comedy of all time. I love that movie. The dialogue crackles because I think the best kind of, you know, that is somebody who can play back and she, Astrid is never, she, she is unflappable. And all she ever does is support every single person in that um, lab setting. She's if Olivia needs this in this moment, she gives it to her. If Peter needs this in this moment, she gives it to him. If Walter needs this, she's there for him. She's beautiful. She's such a good character. Yeah. And um, she sticks around. So it's, it's Yeah, she thing. makes it to the end. They're the only four who are in all 100 episodes. So mm -hmm. I, I'm excited. I was excited to see that, um, mm. you know, because that's the problem having not watched it. I was like, oh, Kirk Acevedo. Well, shit. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, like... I tell you what, there'll be a big conversation about him in season two. Yeah, it looks yeah. like. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure Neil will have a lot to say about that as well. Yeah. So you know, and we'll get there when we get there. But it's, and mm. I just, I think she's an amazing character, Knight. So, mm. so really, while while the it's the you think of the triumph, she is there. She's equally as important, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. though she doesn't go out in the field in this season at all. I hope maybe she gets out there a little bit. But then again, I'm like, maybe she shouldn't. You need somebody reasonable to hold the fort down. You do. You need, um, a, as as some would say, you need a guy in the chair. <laughs> you do need a guy in the right? chair. Right? And it's her. Mm-hmm. You need that. I mean, you need somebody who's who you can count on. That the guy mm-hmm. in the chair is his girlfriend. That's who it is. And so, yeah. love it. So anyway, so that's it. So let's, let's go. Um, mm, let's go. And I would like, so favorite and best is where we begin, mm-hmm. friends. Um, this was tough. Um, mm-hmm. And I went back and forth for me. Um, and, and I, and I know it's, it's, it's episode 11. It's, I'm going to mm-hmm. say my favorite episode. And I think I, it's bound is the name of the episode mm-hmm. and Olivia mm-hmm. gets kidnapped. It's and, like her escape from kidnapping. Yeah. yeah, yeah her, and that's yeah. what it is. It's her mm-hmm. escape from kidnapping. And so mm-hmm. what makes it my favorite is that this was the moment you're midway through the first season mm-hmm you've you know you've just come back from a two-month break in the you know so it's december 2nd january 29th mm-hmm. right so the first thing you do is you throw your female lead this whole time <laughs> like you said in danger so that could totally have gone sideways mm-hmm. but it doesn't because she saves herself mm-hmm. and she outsmarts everybody mm-hmm. and the way she escapes and when she's like throwing stuff in the thermos it's like this yeah. is where I could see where you think she's a Mary Sue, but I don't think so because she got I don't think caught. So she got yeah. caught and she, and it's not a clean escape and it is ugly. And then just when you think, and I love the way that the tension was ratcheted up just when you think she's safe, she's not. So it was, mm-hmm. it was like a super tense episode. It was like, a st- if, if you came in and I think this was smart. So if you were to come in, so now it's mm-hmm. like, it's been off for a month, two months, mm-hmm. they've been promoting the fuck out of it. Probably on Fox. They're like, watch fringe, watch fringe. Mm-hmm. So now it comes back. If this was the first one you watched because you couldn't watch the other ones, mm-hmm. you'd be hooked. You're right. It, Absolutely, it's, yeah. it stands alone, but it, it's a bridge episode. So it just, for me, this is the way you come back from your mid-season break. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's what makes it my favorite. And it yeah, made, is... I can't decide if it's my best or not. It's on the it's on the fence, but I love it. Sorry. I mean, I've already referenced it, you know, when I was yeah. about the weird slug thing, because it sticks in your mind. Like the, the the case is really interesting and is is clever. Um, yeah, the the Olivia escape is perfectly handled, and the fact that she's emotional as you would be because she's been kidnapped and experimented on, but she's able to control herself enough to think her way through a situation. And she said put the vials in the thermos and bury the thermos in a place to go back to later, which proves to everybody that she really was taken because the uh, warehouse was emptied out, wasn't it, after she escaped. Um, yeah, I think it's a really strong episode. The only thing that stops it for me, and it's a, it's a niggle rather than a, I hate the moment when she's in the hospital and she's being spoken to by um, Harris and they do that thing they have to do, which is like, this is what happened in the first half of the season. And they yeah. do almost like a little mini recap conversation. And I get it. It's important. We're bringing in new people to watch it. But as somebody who's watching along, and particularly now we're watching it like one or two episodes a day, well, I just didn't need that section. It was a bit painful. That's totally fair. I get that. But to me, that's mm-hmm. probably why it isn't the best, but it's why mm-hmm. it's my favorite is because 
it is just like the, to me though this is like if you want to show somebody how to do a bridge episode mm -hmm. you know but mm -hmm. we don't do this anymore because mm -hmm. even now if you're watching network tv which i still watch network tv there's still shows that my wife and i watch that come out once a week mm -hmm. and we like the, the new version of the wonder years because the original one my father and i agreed on almost nothing mm -hmm. except the original wonder years like i love that show so love the reboot Fred Savage is the executive producer. It's beautiful. So we watch that weekly. Like we record it, we've DVR mm -hmm. it. But um, there's a handful of shows that are still like this where you need like a, but most people don't. Most people are like, it's a binge. The show comes out, you yeah. watch all 10 episodes and you move on. So to me, it's just like, mm -hmm. it was maybe it hit my nostalgia button too. Mm -hmm. Because of that, the thing that you're saying that's a problem, I, I also kind of loved because it's like so sure. cool. Fair enough. Yeah. You no, know? I don't know. So I just, how do you feel about the inclusion of Rachel? How does that work for you, uh, Olivia's sister? And the niece, I, I think she's okay. Mm. I think I think we needed it again. It gives. I understand. Superman needs Lois. Mm -hmm. um, Ollie needs Dinah. Hal needs Carol. Fill in your blank. You know, mm -hmm, Diana mm -hmm. needs Steve. That's what this is. This is she. Mm -hmm. He doesn't. Her romantic partner, fake Tom Jane, is not. He's out not, of the picture. He's out of yet. the picture. So she needs. She needs. It, it, it all superheroes have to have a person mm -hmm. Peter needs Mary Jane I'm, I, I was fine with it no I, mean, I love it I, I, I love it I think Rachel I think Ari Grainer as Rachel was excellent I think um, the little girl as Ella it's is hard. brilliant as well little, little kid actors you never know what you're going to get she's pretty good yeah pretty. she is and I think it gives Olivia another dimension and to see her come home exhausted after a day's work and still find the energy to play with Ella and to dress up and to read with her and I think it's again it just adds that it tells you who Olivia is as a person. She just gives everything she's got until she's got nothing left until she drops from exhaustion. I think the only drawback is, and I'm sure you picked up on it. It doesn't happen in this episode, but a couple of episodes later, we get that whole, Ooh, is there going to be something between Didn't Peter and that. Rachel? I don't love no, that. I know Never you a hate fan it. Of so artificial I knew, I knew you'd triangles. be picking up on it. Hate it. Um, I think that's the only misstep yeah. with that character. Sure. I agree. But I get, again, it's it's a it's a trope for a reason sure yeah and i feel like you're at this point now where people are like and, and it's one of the things that i have a, a problem with in a previous episode mm -hmm. um is I'll, I'll save it for later but anyway i'll just i'll put a pin in that <laughs> I, Ooh, so that's my favorite yes that's my favorite what's your favorite my favorite is a bit earlier on it's episode seven in which we meet mr jones which is the introduction of david robert jones and it's the really, for me, the kickstart of what this show is about. The first six episodes have been good. We've been learning the team. We've been going on like mysteries of the week, monster of the weeks. But this episode just introduces all the elements which we need to move forward. Um, I really like that each character gets a moment to showcase who they are. So um olivia is obviously goes off to germany and we see a bit more of her get a sense of who she was before and she you know there's this guy who maybe she had a fling with um that doesn't really matter but it just shows us she again she's a real person but i like how that's handled that um she's still taking control of that situation but what's going on back um with everyone else is really interesting peter gets to show his smarts and gets to show how brave he is when he has the wires attached to his head um walter gets a couple of moments where like he's becoming more lucid and is becoming more integral to the team rather than just being the kooky, kooky granddad. Um, yeah, I think Astrid gets um, a couple of moments as well where she gets to prove 
her her worth Broyles sticks up for Olivia and defends her when he hasn't didn't need to and it all starts to pull together I think in this episode we get the pattern and ZFT being introduced yeah Jared Harris um and we get that really wicked moment right at the end um where like Olivia figures out that it's Loeb um and we get that little moment where then the the wife whispers in his ear and we find out you know this this is going to go deeper and further than we ever thought possible i think it all pulls together really well yeah i agree all of that the thing that kept me from it it's funny the the thing i was the thing i just teased it's yeah, like we worked yeah. it out but we didn't i didn't love the almost pity bang like i know that you're mm. saying it's positive because olivia is still in control of that situation mm -hmm. but i just i was it made because again up to this point like you said i think i know who olivia is and again mm. you want her to have layers i'm not i don't want her to be mm -hmm. no it's not pretending that but because up to this point we're really leaning hard and she's still in love with fake tom jane and mm. that whole thing and so of all the people that she's gonna maybe pity bang this guy who's this guy mm. and i know it's like well he's in germany he's you no know, he it's again it's like you're saying she's in control of it she's like if she does She's just going to go back to Boston. It doesn't, hmm. You know, he does. So again, I just didn't, I just, it felt maybe too early in this season for that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just felt out of place into what I thought was an excellent episode. Cause again, my notes are like Jared exclamation point. Mm. I was so excited to see him. I think again, I love her confidence in it. And again, the way she handles that situation. But I think maybe the problem is for me, mm -hmm. she gets out of it with the phone call. Mm. As if the phone didn't ring, she would have, she would have, it wouldn't have ended. Like she wasn't really yeah. in control. It's interesting. Like she, it, it just doesn't, I don't think that bothers me because I feel like, fair. as you said, I do feel like she's still in the control of the situation. She says no, and then she decides, actually, why not? Yeah, it might, why not? It might yeah. make me feel better for a few minutes and that's what I need right now. And yeah. you know what? I'm actually, I'm okay with that. Um, I know what you're saying though, because yeah. it's a trope. And actually now you're saying it, it sent my brain spiraling that, they do a very similar thing in Alias with Sydney, actually, mm. where she reconnects with her previous kind of flame and partner. And so maybe it is a trait which JJ leans into a little bit as well. Yeah, because we know in mm. our previous series that we know the creator of that show has archetypes, right? Mm. There's mm. the nerd, there's the techno nerd, there's the old man who's in charge, there's the mm. ass kicking female lead. You know, it's like he's got all those things in all of his shows. So mm. it could be. And again, I don't. I mean, it's on the top end. It's just for mm. me, I just was like, because I was on the fence of making this mm -hmm. my favorite. And the reason, and I think the difference between this and which we meet Mr. Jones and Bound is that Olivia is in total control. She doesn't mm -hmm. need a phone call to shake her out of it. But again, it also, I mean, you know, you're kind of turning me on it too. The other way, like we'll, we'll turn each other on it. <laughs> is that the phone call does snap her out of it because she is in a moment in a different country. She's only going to be there for 12 hours. Nobody mm -hmm. believes she's going to do what she does, which is also, which makes her such a badass. Yeah. She's like, I'll just bang this guy. I know he's clean. I know he's safe. I know he's not going to stalk me. I have to worry about it. So it is a control thing. And that's good mm -hmm. to see, you know, um, it'd be really easy to make her a victim in a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, and she's not. So, you know, you turned me a little, that was, I just and the thought thing that makes her thing that makes her not do it, of course, is the importance of her job and the case. And when that comes up, that's the most important That's, thing. So right. she's straight back to work. Yeah. And I guess, so the phone has to ring to snap mm -hmm. her out of it. So I get, I don't know. I just felt like eh, right on the, I, it's just like, eh, yeah. it's, it's okay. It's, fair. it's all good. And I totally so, get what you're saying. I think for me, it's just, it's that, 
it's been good to this point and now it's like oh now we're in and like now we know where we're going and you know, as you said like even charlie gets a little moment because he figures out the sheet the the code and yeah so i, th- I think they, they worked really hard to make sure like here's our core we're moving forward everyone's going to be important everyone's going to have moments um but only when they pull together when Walt was in his mad science and peter's the test subject and he's doing the lines and then yeah olivia's there and the controlling a tense moment but managing to keep her cool only when that's all working together after's in the background and charlie's done this and brought it do you know what i mean that's that's how this team is going to work moving forwards and we it all comes together here i think yeah no i agree totally agree i'm down you i again I, I, it's just that one little thing because Eleven's brilliant as well. I loved it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well. All right. Well, let's flip. So you tell everyone what you think the best episode because this is mm. your third time through. So I've got a. I've, like I said, it was on the fence with Bound yeah. or one more, and I went with Bound as favorite. So I think I've got a best, but I'd like to hear your best first. My best is unsurprisingly another CFT uh, David Robert Jones episode. It's episode fourteen, uh, Ability, mm. which which I guess if you consider episode seven the kick into act two this is the kick into act three 100 sure um basically david robert jones does a, a seven and turns himself into the fbi and he asks olivia to pass some tests to prove her worthiness to their cause and that's the first time we start to hear this thing of like a cause uh, and groups working together we have heard earlier when Loeb was caught that actually what they were doing was trying to help Olivia and work with her, but that was left and we never came back to it. And now she's becoming more and more pivotal in, in what is going on at the centerpiece, the, the queen of this kind of whatever's going on in, in, in the pattern, in the, in the overarching story. Um, and I really like how they play out. I mean, obviously the title is called ability, the sense of what this ability is is it just her being good at her job is it that there's something that is within her that she hasn't discovered yet and i think it's really well handled when we have the light box and the first time she's given it she's like well this is stupid of course i can't do that and they rig like a faking of it and they think they convinced um david robert jones that they've done it and then you get that reveal at the end of the episode which is perfectly done that race to stop the bomb and they get there and the bomb is the light box it's so good and she decides, she commits to stay there. And she knows if she doesn't leave, she's going to die. And that's Olivia through and through, right? And she has to do this impossible task. She has to turn these lights off using the power of thought of her brain. And she seems to do it. Whether she does, whether it's a trick, whether it's David Robert Jones playing with her in order to manipulate her later on. In fact, by the end of season one, we still don't really know but it's leaving these breadcrumbs. It's asking questions of us. And it does that thing that Lost tried to do and succeeded in a lot, but then frustrated fans towards the end that they didn't get answers. This gives you answers that require further questions, but these are all going to get answered in French. Sure. Which is smart, which is again, what, mm-hmm. you know, and again, and having that watch last and um, I've heard that. I've, I mean, I hear it. I, it's one of those things. I already know how it ends, but it's still one mm-hmm. of those things I'd like to, Go back. Watch. I mean, I like Matthew Fox. I mean, I loved Party of Five. It was one of my all-time mm-hmm. favorite, favorite, favorite shows. And um, he was that whole cast was just like charming as fuck. And you believed mm-hmm. they were a family. And he was great in that. So, like when I saw him in that, plus he was Racer X and Speed Racer. Yeah, of course. So, um, <laughs> but so it's always one of those ones. I'm like, ooh, look at that cast. Look at that cast. The it's cast just, is like, amazing, and it's the people that made that show so yeah. good. It's 
it's cliche it's the journey don't worry about how it ends whether yeah. you like it or not i love the ending but mm-hmm. i know a lot of people don't but the journey is beautiful i'm watching yeah. the characters grow and their relationships and it's so good yeah. it's one of those i'll probably do it one day i'll mm. do it yeah um okay well that's all fair i think episode 14 I, I i could just echo everything say it is not my favorite or i don't think mm-hmm. it's the best but it's on the short list um mm. for everything that you just said i think you know he goes on to play moriarty and guy Ritchie's sherlock mm-hmm. holmes and, and you can see this is how he got that job right sure. and you're like damn he's so good and i think chris and dave always say the reason you know a good a good baddie does all the work you need and I know they try to make massive dynamic the baddie, mm-hmm. but they're not. A little bit Wolfram and Hearty. Yeah, yeah, we never thought they were, though, but they weren't. I never think they are. I mean, I think they have differing agendas than Olivia, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the same. But they have the same agenda with just are following a different path. So mm-hmm. you know, the ZFT and the and this idea of the chosen and this you know all this stuff. I like it. I love it all. Um, so for me, it's it's very much um, this is Jared Harris's like, you know, gr- Oscar or Grammy, mo- whatever, Emmys, mm. think of Emmys for TV, like guest star Emmy, like give it to him. Mm. Um, he's so good. So it was on there. And I think everything you said is true. Like what a, and I, what I think is Peter shines in this episode because mm-hmm. he stays too. He does stay too, yeah. He doesn't know he stayed. No, because he, he, he walks off. I'm not saying it with you, but then he decides to come back to yeah. support her. Love yeah. that about him. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that was, that's, and again, it's when you're like, he's moved beyond Scully now. Mm-hmm. He yeah, still definitely. tries to say it was all set up. It was always, mm-hmm. it was a test. And he's probably right. Peter is probably right here. But um, I just love that about him. I just, mm. I just think, you know, he doesn't have to be here. He's very Dante at the beginning. I don't need to be here today. Um, yes. But he, but you are constantly reminded he doesn't need to be here. No, he's actively choosing. So that yeah. was a big choice right there. So that was very, that was good. And at this point, he's like, he's com- totally committed to Olivia uh, quite early on, I think, because he sees the value of her and what she's doing. But by this point, he's found his commitment to Walter as well. Yeah. Um, and that's a really beautiful arc across this season um, where like he literally didn't want to know him in episode one. Mm-hmm. And by, by the end, he's inventing his own mad science in order to do something for his dad. And so, yeah, I think Peter's journey is very special too. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. Um, so I think that was a big moment. So for me, mm. I'm going to do a thing that you said is cheating in, in our yeah. episodes, <laughs> but I don't think it is. I think the last one's the, is the best. I yeah, think I mean, it's a fantastic one. episode. Um, and I was torn. I mean, so top four, our ability found my favorite road not taken and there's there's more than one of everything road mm. not taken is the second to last yeah i love the road not idea. taken i mean to be fair i wrote a story not listen i'm just going to get personal it's there's a moment there's when i was in college this is a true story i wrote a story about spontaneous human combustion <laughs> so in the story the opening scene is two guys in a car a guy driving the car he picks up a hitchhiker they're having a debate about whatever i mean this is like early 90s is when i wrote this so Mm-hmm. It takes, there's no witness. Nobody has a cell phone to record it or anything, but spontaneous human combustion is one of those things we don't see. Like there's scientific records of like a charred foot in a boot. They can't mm-hmm. understand it. Nobody's ever seen spontaneous human combustion. So I thought, what would, what would happen to the per- person who witnessed it? Cause the science mm-hmm. says mm-hmm. you catch on fire. It's brief. And the things around you don't burn or they just scar. So a guy's driving a car, a hitchhiker, 
who's like, this guy's like kind of religious. The hitchhiker's not. They're having a debate about it. He bursts into flame when he lights a cigarette. It's like super boom. So this guy, so the story is, that's like the first page of the story. The rest of the story is how the guy becomes a religious zealot because of this. Mm -hmm. And it's, and then how then he, his religious zealotry gets used against him. Like people take advantage of him to, you know, how like in America, I mean, Jessica Chastain just won an Oscar for playing Tammy Faye Baker, people who use religious zealotry for bad things. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, it was a commentary on that. So at the end, when he realizes his own religious zealotry has been used against him, he goes mad and starts like dousing himself in water because he's mm. afraid he's going to burst into flames. Yeah. That's the story. I like it. Thank you. Are we are we releasing that as part of a uh, as our episode? Is that I, I mean, the... I've never. I, I'm sure I have a copy of it. Exists somewhere. somewhere. Yeah, I, I, I would like to go. Maybe, maybe I don't know. So anyway, mm -hmm. the point of it is, I should go see if I still have that. I turned it into my creative writing class my freshman year at my at university. And I'm not making this up. This is totally 100% true. I get it back. <laughs> and our teacher didn't give grades on drafts. Mm -hmm. We'd like, we, we wrote papers and then she gave us feedback and then we were to turn and our final grade was just a portfolio. So your final portfolio was pass fail. Yeah. Whatever the grade on the portfolio is the grade in the course, no grades. Mm -hmm. So she hands it back to me. No, you know, normally she's like, like, don't like, whatever. On the back, two words, this sucks. Oh, <laughs> nice and constructive. Total, right? super cool so i go to her office <laughs> i'm like what's up man like this is it and all she said is i don't believe in that okay and i was like wow. you don't believe in what religious zealotry she's like i didn't get that far what are you talking about i don't believe in spontaneous human combustion this sucks i don't want to read this don't turn this in it was like uh, oh yeah <laughs> so that was cool. I mean, I've rewritten, I've reworked on that story. I'll have to yeah. see if I have it somewhere. I, I so hope I do. What you're trying to say is, fuck you, teacher. Fuck it's you. In fringe. Yeah. But and so, fringe is based on hard science. So that's you're it. wrong. So that was it. So that was a long story to say why I love, <laughs> why I almost gave Road Not Taken his best. Yeah. But objectively, I have to say there's more than one of everything is the best. But like, yeah. <laughs> so I just wanted to share that story. That's a totally true story of a creative writing teacher. Um, she was the worst. Uh, yeah, you weren't turning up to your lessons the next day with love you on your eyelids. No, you? no, but I learned so <laughs> I learned so much about how to not be a teacher from her. Yeah. Well, hey, look, absolutely. Yeah. So Take I'm it a better you can get teacher it. for having that happen. Yes. You mean you've never written this sucks on a student's work? Ever. I've thought it, I'll be honest, but I've well, never of course, haven't we all? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so the reason there's more than one of everything is the best mm -hmm. is because you get Jared Harris dressed up like yeah. the invisible man. Yep. You get, you find out what's going on with massive dynamic. You get that final reveal at the end. Yeah. What an end. And I think it's ballsy to end a show that is not doing great in the ratings that you yep. get this way. They're like daring the, the network to not renew it for season. Mm -hmm. two. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, sometimes you're like dick move, just end the season, but no, there's a, this is the reason it's the best is because this is a 20 episode. It's really 21 because the pilots two episodes, yeah. it's a 20 episode arc that ends here and if mm -hmm. this is the end of the story if i only mm -hmm. got these 20 episodes this would be a brilliant season of television so for mm -hmm. me what makes it the best is that it has taken 20 things to get to this and every single episode even the crappy ones led to this and that's yeah. what makes it chef's kiss I, I, I agree i think perhaps do you want to say what what this is what the big 
and is for those who oh are the big watched, reveal is yeah sorry the big reveal is that there's more than one of everything there are parallel dimensions mm. the big secret leader of massive dynamic who is one of peter's who was williams um walter's walter i mean yeah walter's lab partner is Leonard Nimoy? Are you fucking Leonard kidding Nimoy? me? I mean, Did you not recognize his voice for earlier in the in the well, season? Well, sure, but I mean, okay, all right. You know, but it's like that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I mean, you know, a voice is a voice. Anybody mm-hmm. can do that voice. I mean, you didn't see him, so so awesome. So he, yeah. she and the thing is, and this is because this takes place May 9th, two thousand and nine. Yeah, and he is in the Twin Towers. He's in the Twin Towers in a parallel dimension, and the season ends with Olivia being pulled yeah. in there meeting yeah. him and that's it yeah and she sits house. and waits at a restaurant she sits yeah. and waits for what's she called for nina for nina she doesn't well, she, you know she's arranged for for william to meet olivia at that right restaurant. that's it william's supposed to meet and he doesn't so then when she gets it it was all a setup for her to get yeah. in the elevator so it was like so smart because they like exasperate her so well written she plays it so well she's read the script she's not really <laughs> surprised but again yeah her acting is great yeah and so the big reveal is not only and the way that you know it's a parallel dimension is because the twin towers are there so great shorthand writing because this isn't some and it was smart not to i don't love when people use that any tragedy as a Mm. like as cheap emotional points this isn't it it's just it's he's thinking what's the one thing everybody in the world watching this knows that it's not this reality you can't pick a better thing you know it's not like if they put him on the boat from you know that that got sank at at pearl harbor now he's going to know the name of that Sure. So you show the Twin Towers, the end. You know. Yeah, and I, and I know they they agonized over it and whether it was the right thing to do. And obviously they got the okay from the network in the end. Uh, yeah, it's a big moment. And um, yeah, now now that's been confirmed, which you probably, you as a first-time viewer, were probably suspecting for a while because they were heavily hinting anyway. That there's um, parallel dimensions? Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's 100% confirmed now. Like yeah. the door... Yeah. Quite literally, the shimmering door has been blown wide so open. So good. What an it end. It is so good. So to yeah. me, that's what makes it the best. No, fair. And I think irregardless of that ending, which is stunning, it's a, it's a race against time episode, isn't it? It's really yeah, good. I love that. Where they're trying to figure out where David Robert Jones is going next in order. He keeps trying to open windows and they keep going wrong because he can't find the right parameters, the, the right setting for it. Um until eventually Olivia does this cool thing with the maps. And I love the look that Nina gives Broyles when Olivia's explaining how she's worked out where he's going next. He's going to Raiden Lake. Um, and Nina gives Broyles a look of like, wow, like I can't believe she's figured, like like we knew she was special, but wow. Mm-hmm. Because they've had this team of massive dynamic geniuses working on this and they couldn't put it together. Yeah, it's really good. You've got some heavy hints of some other history and backstory between characters obviously in this episode with Walter and Peter um, which I'll be careful how I tiptoe around um, yes well I mean it's it's implied that this is not our Peter is it yeah you doesn't he go to his grave he goes to a grave that says Peter Bishop yeah well so it's implied that this is not our Peter that the Peter we have is is that dimensions Peter that's okay. what's in, that's what's implied. Is it? Well, I, I, I think it is. It. I could be wrong. That's what's implied. Yes. Um, but and that's that's one of the you know if that's what it is. There's lots of bread. That's one of the things that's the breadcrumbs throughout the season that is so well done. And you know you're an active viewer and you you're an intelligent guy, so you're probably picking up on them. But these moments of like 
I lost something very important to me and there was a reason I had a mental breakdown and it's nothing to do with the science. And right. Or this woman little... dying. Yeah. The woman's death. Yeah. Enough, Cause he was totally like, Peter goes out of his way to protect, or to, pe- to protect Walter from meeting that woman. But yeah. he didn't care. He, he, that, that woman dying was irrelevant to him. He feels mm. bad, but he didn't care. It he does. was always, he does. always Peter. Yeah. It's always, I keep, keep that phrase in mind, Tony. It's always Peter. Keep it, that in mind. I will. Um, and, yeah. I, it's all Peter's got a magic well. football, as I mentioned previously on a different yeah. show. Peter's got a magic American football that stays inflated for 20 years. Amazing. Has, yeah. But that's because, as I said to you, Fringe. Walter invented the gas that went inside it. So Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, so again, the law is being set up even more here. Um, yeah, I agree. It's, it's on my list. It's on my shortlist of very strong episodes. Um, I had that had it on there alongside episode 10, Safe. And ep- mm. which is the again with the safe cracking guys when that that's the episode that's a really good taken. one that was i have that written down yeah that's top five for sure yeah. and episode 15 inner child i really love about the mm. the bald-headed boy who was found in the the ruins because uh, i think again what it does for olivia as a character is, is really important you see her project her niece onto him like yes she doesn't have kids we're not don't I hope they don't go down that road like Olivia and they they kind of hint at it and if you when we talk about the 2022 lens about the the marriage bullshit episode and all that stuff in the stupid yeah. love triangle whatever but like um she doesn't need kids to be fulfilled because she sees in the moment with that boy that what she does is for all kids mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know you don't have to have kids to help kids no that's true and the best moment of that episode is Broyles um, working with Olivia and sticking up for her and getting rid of this other, is it like CIA guy? Yeah, yeah. And you're like, okay, right. Like now he's all in on Olivia. Like yeah, yeah. he's risking his career. Yeah, everything. they lie to the CIA who pretends yeah. to be the Department of Child Protective Services. And they're like, what? Yeah. That's not how Child Protective Services work. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I, you could tell something was fishy with that as soon as you're just yeah. like, anybody who's, who's gone, who's been divorced, who, who has joint custody of a child, as we both do, you're like, this doesn't check out. Like anybody, because even if everything's up and up and the, the divorce is amicable, whatever, you know mm-hmm. how those people who work for Child Protective Services, whose job it is, is to help arrange custody. You know, we call it friend of the court over here. Their okay. job is to be not like this guy. I don't yeah. know. It just yeah, seemed yeah, like yeah. You're, you don't you're know what you're doing. Yeah. You didn't, your human overlord, your alien overlords didn't teach you how to do this job <laughs> as a human very well. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all good stuff. I mean, it's the negative stuff is tough because for the most part it's excellent yeah it's so there's two episodes that i thought between. were really crappy mm-hmm. and and to call one of them the worst is only because that's the theme that we've created yeah like true. i think we, we when we set this up we were thinking like we were thinking about buffy and angel we're like mm-hmm. well there's plenty of really bad episodes mm-hmm. none of these are like so to me i'm just going to say them both Go and say bad and worst I could go either way. And it's not for any particular icky reasons. The 2022 stuff that I find icky is in really good episodes. It's like, mm. um, and it has a lot to do with Olivia's clothes, which we'll okay, talk about. We'll get there. When yeah. she's in the tank. I don't understand. Mm. And we'll get there. But there's a few well, other you, things. You do understand. It's a network TV show. I and do. She's an attractive woman. But 
Yeah, we'll but get one. There's, okay. still, there's no need for it. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Because he says, I need you to take all your clothes off. That's what Walter mm. says. So then that thinks you mean we're going to shoot her from the neck up with no, mm-hmm. but she's in her bra and underwear. So it's like if she mm. can be in that, she can be in other clothes. Sure. It doesn't yeah, yeah. like, or if it, she just needed to be in her time, I don't know. It just seems also she's an FBI agent. She'd have a sports bra on. We're married. We have women in our lives. We know what a sports <laughs> bra looks like. This is not what an FBI, I'm saying. FBI agent Olivia Dunham is not wearing that that underwear get up to work. Fair enough. Again, it was written by three dudes who've never met a woman ah. before. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm sorry, sir. Well, there is a name in this uh, cast of writers that uh, his first name may be Zach, but his surname is Whedon. Whedon. I know. So you um, can tell. Yeah. You can tell from because he wrote a lot of um, uh, Shield. Yes. You yeah, can yeah, tell. Yeah, yeah. And you could just be like, oh, that's a Zach Whedon joke. <laughs> you could hear it. I could hear it. I know what he sounds like, but it's, and it's okay. But I mean, yeah, it's like, listen, no, but anyway, that's jump. Well, <laughs> I've said that. Anyway, so the two for me are episode 12, no brainer. Yeah. Um, and episode 16, unleashed. Mm-hmm. Sure. Are those your they're two? Both, they're both on my list. I went for the no brainer for, for worst and least favorite it's okay um, let's just go there i will only agree. because it's the it's the one which stands out as just being pretty crap yeah and okay there's, there's, a, there's a couple of things i don't like in a couple of other episodes but there's things that redeem it but this one just it's called the no-brainer and it's really there's there's nothing to save it to be honest it agreed okay i was on the fence between the two so i was like i'll just say them both because they could both be my mm-hmm. least favorite and they could both do because again unlike with like some of the Buffy episodes are like, that's the worst because that's the worst. Yeah. This is, it's just, meh. there's nothing it, horrific about it. It just was not. unnecessary. It doesn't add anything. Um, the, the concept is silly. Uh, I, nobody's heart is really in this one, I don't think. Um, yeah. I mean, even <laughs> when you look at uh, we're doing that thing where we've just, we've not really got anything to say. When you look it up, because I was going through the plots yeah. of the episodes that I wanted to talk about tonight. And it's, you know, you'll get like four paragraphs of, yeah. of the road. The road not taken has got four paragraphs because these important things happen. You look up the plot of this one and it's like three sentences. They investigate a guy that's dead. It turns out to be a guy using his computer, sending messages. He kills himself at the end. Uh, it's just, yeah. It, it doesn't fit the pattern. No, it doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't fit the pattern of the show, nor does it fit the pattern. Uh, mm-hmm. it, this is like monster of the week that we didn't know it again. It's like yeah. episodic TV. And the thing that makes it worse is it followed bound. And I watched them sure. back to back. So yeah. it's like, ooh, I need to just keep. And I was like, darn, I'll just have to watch one more to get to get that taste out of my mouth. Yeah. Um, and the reason Unleashed was almost there, that's the monster wolf veterinary. Yeah, like, yeah, angry yeah. Animal, animal rights set, yeah. set there like scorpion. That was stupid. Wolf thing. What are we doing? It's stupid. No it's stupid. There's just one moment that saves it for me. Yeah. And that's in the sewers at the end when Walter mm-hmm. like sacrifices himself and the way that Peter calls out to him from the behind the lock gate of like, I don't want you to die. I don't want mm. you to, to go. I don't want anything bad to happen to you. That moment breaks my heart. And um, I'm a sucker for anything that is father son stories. Sure. I think, you know, as you said, you know, being a father of two boys and one of them, I don't see all the time because I'm separate from his mother being a son of a father who was fairly absent as I was growing up because my parents separated and he wasn't really that interested. Something in, so there's something in my DNA. Sure. Father, son stories. I'm just like, 
I, I'm there with you, Spielberg. I'm there. And do you know what? I'm there with you, JJ, because this guy yeah. has got it too. Um, and that moment is is beautiful. And I think that saves all the trash before. Because there's the Charlie being stabbed and the 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 babies growing inside him was all really silly. That was really silly. What were we doing yeah. there? But was that just Peter. like we need to get Kirk involved? Yeah, they need to give an episode, right? But Everyone needs an episode, and that's but it. But he's so good. Kirk Acevedo's really a good actor. He, yeah, I mean, like, he doesn't have a ton of range, but he's mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. does this, and that's why I think in the Arrowverse he plays a baddie, and he's very mm-hmm. good, and I really like mm-hmm. him there. I like what he does. He plays off um, uh, Stephen Amell really well. They they okay. they like they have a lot of the same face, you know, they give the same face. So there's a lot of like mm-hmm. sneering and whatever. And I love, I mean, eventually arrow is definitely going to go on the list and sometime down the line, it'll be, that's, that's one I've never seen. Right. It'll be the opposite is I'll mm-hmm. be like, cause I never missed an episode in real time. Um, but that's eight seasons. So that's a commitment, man. Although eight that season, is. eight, like season five of this is short. Okay. Yeah. 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 But um, anyway, so he's great in that. It's just, I think, I just feel like it, it cheapens him. It's so dumb, but yeah. I hear what you're saying. You're right. You're totally right. And that's, again, that's why I was going back and forth. My gut was just saying no brainer was least favorite and worse. I was like, but I cheat on that all the time, but mm. you did it too. So ace. I um, think in this bad. instance, just because there's nothing, it's the only, as you said, it's the only one that stands up from the rest. Cause it just, it feels like it shouldn't be in the show really. Yeah. Um, they need It's, it's that one we kept complaining about Pipe and Angel it was there to fill in the, episode list and yeah i i agree 16 isn't great but it has that important character moment i'm not a great fan of ep- the next episode either bad dreams the one that comes uh, after episode 17 yeah, yeah. after unleashed because i don't like what they do with olivia's character here she seems to be that's the acting, one you were mentioning yeah she's completely acting out of character and i know that's part of the plot but it doesn't work it doesn't uh, it doesn't fit for me and i'm not a massive fan of episode 18 actually this little run is not not great which Midnight. is the the doctor and his wife, who's like a basically a, a spine vampire. Um, yeah, that that one ends up um, now through the twenty twenty two lens. I mm. think Midnight actually has an interesting mm-hmm. twist. I think it's a positive because they set you up to think the serial killer watching the news, you know, doing the cannon move where they do the news and it's like exposition via newscaster, which yeah. is smart. It's you think. And very because they set it up and there's like a slimy douchebag and then he's yeah. the victim but you don't know that at first so through the 2022 lens it subverts what you expect it does so yeah. i give it i give it a thumbs up there on my list of 2022 lens i was like because you know we don't want to only say through a 2022 lens it's bad the point of no. the show is to say how does it hold up not to say it hold. we're not coming mm-hmm. in with the supposition that everything holds up poorly no and i've got a few positive 2022 yeah. things to say as well uh, I think this episode, again, is saved by some really good character work. Um, I don't like that main plot, but I really like the Doctor dynamic with Walter and him like sacrificing himself for his wife and then what that means to Walter. And again, we get that like, I know what it feels like to lose something really important to you and what you would do to get that thing back. Um, so there's some really important moments going on. So yeah, that's why these things which I might consider lowlights, they're saved by little moments but 12 just stands out as being meh yeah, it, it really and you could skip it like next time you watch it yeah. you, there's no reason to watch that again because it doesn't like i said about the reason that i think the best one or my fit i think the best episode is the last episode mm-hmm. is that it refers back to almost everything so that moment in the mm. sewers in unleashed that moment matters 
mm-hmm. to Peter, Peter needing Walter. Cause up to this point, Peter's like fucking Walter. Yeah. And you were like, Oh no, Walter. And so, and he's, you know, and he, he only occasionally calls him dad, which is fine. Cause again, I said, I might mm-hmm. call my mother by her first name. When my father was alive, I called him by his first name. They, they just stopped answering to mom and dad when I was like 12. Mm-hmm. Just, I don't understand it. So I just started calling them by their first names. They didn't care. They weren't like, how dare you? And they're like, eh, that's what it is. Um, super weird. Mm. <laughs> so, um, so for me, him calling him Walter, I know it's supposed to be shorthand for that. It's, you know, yeah. but, but so the moments when he thinks of him in this moment. So you're right. So everything in episode 20, including that moment in Unleashed, mm. and there is something in Bad Dreams about her abilities and Bad Dreams ties to ability, you know, yeah. And in Midnight, we learn a little bit more about Walter. We learn a little bit about Broyles. You know, there's so it's all good. It's all leading to, to 20, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 12. It leads yeah. nowhere. It it's, a, it's a cul-de-sac. Yeah. It's a dead end. Cul- it's a one way cul-de-sac. Everybody just it's not <laughs> terrible. It's like gingerbread. No. Yeah. It's agreed. it's it's fine. Everybody's given it the wrong. And again, like you said, nobody seems super. It's Astrid. It's it, they're trying to make it an Astrid episode. You give mm-hmm. her a little bit more to do. Which, I, but it's again, like just like with the Unleashed. Mm, yeah. You know, what are we doing? Don't, yeah. don't give them more to do in this crap episode. No, agreed. Don't which treat is what them often like, tends to happen, isn't it? Yeah. For the side characters, we're like mm. we were going to make this episode for you. Fifth billing, it sucks. Sorry. Mm. And it could be that the writers don't know they don't love the side characters. I mean, the reason the Zeppo works is because they they love Xander and they knew mm-hmm. how to write that. You know, when you get when you know when Anya gets her own standalone episode, it works. Mm-hmm. Because they love her as a character mm-hmm. and she's delightful. You know, but when Wesley like we've talked about Wesley grows and Fred when you give the side characters their own story, it can work. Mm-hmm. But if you don't love them, if you've mm-hmm. not really understood who they are. And I mean and I don't know who wrote them, but they're not great. So anyway, well, we're not going to bang on because, again, it's not like we have anything disgusting to say. We're just like, skip. Take our advice. Yeah. Skip episode 12. Yeah. Go from 11 straight to 13. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. You will not even know. And it's no. funny because the one they come back from is bound. Mm. So you're coming back from break with a banger and then you followed up with jank. But, it's you know, so it's like. I don't know. I don't know. You just brought everybody in and then the next episode they watch is that. Yeah. It's it's poor planning, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'd be interested. And again, that's it. The fact that they took an episode out of this and move it to season two and you said, I'll notice it right away. Seems Mm. weird because you're telling a story in order. Yes. You can't just move one out. That doesn't, (laughs) it's got a hundred episodes. What are you doing? Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. Uh, Like, it will be very apparent when okay. that episode is on. You'll be like, what the fuck is going on here? This is, doesn't tie into anything I'm currently watching. Okay. And, you, cool. and your brain will go, oh yeah, I remember That's now. the one. All right. That's cool. the one from season one. All right. Well, and it's weird too, because they filmed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't it all... they just wrote it? Like we know like Go Fish was a leftover yeah. episode. This was just like when you filmed last season, just put it out. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they gave them two months off. Mm-hmm. you know, in the middle of the season. So, and that's a big thing over here too, with network TV now is they'll, they'll take like a mid season break. So the show will run for, you know, September, October, November, and then it'll stop December mm-hmm. and then it'll come back February, March, April, or like even March, April, May. You know, like you do want people to keep watching your show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bigger fan of just put 20 episodes on in the fall mm-hmm. and then have a totally different winter season, 20 episodes. Yeah, sure. 
Seems 20 episodes sense. in a row. It makes way more sense, but whatever. We're not in charge of TV. We should be. Indeed. Anyone that's right, well, but yeah. we should be. We, we know. So 2022 lens. I've already yeah. given you some of mine. I've jumped the gun. So please. No, me too. So yeah, we, we discussed Olivia as a character uh, and the Peter as a sweetheart. And I think early on, it has that post 9-11-ish feel a little bit. It's a little bit heavy handed and it's like terrorists are awful. Um, these are terrorists. We must stop them. But that was such a common theme, wasn't it, at the time? But also that that, that disappears, but then kind of makes sense where we get to at the end as well with the World Trade Center and um, the reveal of that. Uh, it's not a big problem. I just felt it was a little heavy-handed early on. Um, what a couple of things I really like. I love the explanation of deja vu in this series, mm-hmm. and that like we've all had deja vu before and we have all had deja vu before. And according to this series, it's that when you're seeing a glimpse into another parallel dimension, and I think that is a brilliant idea that I've never heard of before. And I think it's so, so smart. It makes perfect sense in the real world, let alone in this fringe world. Um, I think there's an excellent balance between the characters. I think they really care about every character and they really work hard to make sure you care about every character because Walter is one dimensional to begin with. He is Dr. Frankenstein, but he's not by the end. Right. And Peter is one dimensional at the start. He is wannabe Indiana Jones, rakish and roguish, but he's not by the end. And, you know, so they work really hard. And I, I, and I think that should be applauded. No, I agree. And I think, I think Astrid's character. Yeah. Um, what I love about Astrid is like you mentioned early on the, the gender thing, they just they address it in episode one until they keep making Olivia take her shirt off. I just don't. Yeah. And again, look, I said point blank, the f- most attractive thing about Olivia Dunham is not what mm-hmm. she looks like mm-hmm. to me. I wouldn't care. I mean, what that character is incredibly sexy for mm-hmm. being so put together. And she's that is amazing to me. So mm-hmm. if you're worried that it's a turnoff, because mm. she's then those people aren't watching your show anyway. No, quit, good point. quit trying to because you're going to lure them in with here's a picture of a woman floating in tank in her bra and underwear, and then mm. you're like, oh, that's not this show. I just no. it just seemed disingenuous. So to me, I mean, she's an attractive woman. Mm-hmm. So just if you just start looking at her, you're like, there's a pretty lady. But the thing about her that makes her appealing to me as a viewer, and I'm assuming to you, it's the Fred thing. Yeah, it has nothing yes. to do with what yeah. you look like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I yeah. mean, and again, Amy Acker's a very pretty lady, but it's not yeah. like you're like, it's Fred. It's the character Fred. It's the char- Agreed. Hundred percent. It's the yeah. character. I don't know Anna Torf. I don't know who she is. She's an Australian lady. That's all mm-hmm. I know about her. She's amazing in this, and Olivia Dunham is amazing. It's the same mm-hmm. thing with Scully. You love Scully and Jillian Anderson again. It's very. They look nothing. Well, there you go. Two different body types. Two different sizes. But there's something about Scully that you like. Like on mm-hmm. space, we'll eventually get to space, right? And the <laughs> right. And the, I mean, that's part of what you love about it, right? Yeah. Is this and and actually Simon Pegg in his book Nerd Do Well, he talks about finally getting to meet Jillian Anderson mm. and how he lost his mind because you know. Yeah. Every, it's it's true. I mean. Um... <laughs> For, for a real world, a real world version of this, like Emma and I went to see Reese Wilson in um, the yeah, Human I Voice saw it. in theatre. That that review, by the way, I can't wait to see that. I need to see that somehow. What a great that looks amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. And when she first walked out on stage, and it's just her by herself for eighty minutes, I was a little taken aback. And I said to Emma afterwards, I was like, 
I think if I ever met her, I would be so starstruck. And again, she's a very beautiful woman in real life, but it's nothing to do with that. It's to do with her presence and how she completely loses herself in characters and how she can stand on stage for 80 minutes and completely hold her attention with nothing but a couple of props and her own voice. So, yeah, I think these are all, I completely agree with what you're saying. These are women who are attractive, but that's not what, we are attracted to correct and it's who they are as a character as a person as a as a a persona as a performer right because you're Mm. pulling that off too i mean there's Mm -hmm. only a handful of people can do what ruth wilson did i mean like patrick stewart does one-man shows i mean you know she's Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. she's in a fine not like a one-man show like where it's stand-up routine where he's like playing you know it's like you're doing one person on stage doing shit like Mm. patrick stewart does the christmas carol by himself oh amazing i I mean come on what are you doing (laughs) So, I mean, that's, that's something. And so, right. Mm. I just think, so to me, it just cheapens it. And I don't know if it continues on as the series goes on. I mean, I don't need, listen, you don't need to show me any leg. I see her brain. I got it. Yeah. 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 I, and, and that's you. all I need. Yeah. And so for me, Astrid though. Mm. So all that to say the positive 2022 lens is that no comment that Astrid's a woman, no comment that no. Astrid is a woman of color. Nobody no. asked to touch Astrid's hair. None of the gross things that could have easily been done. No black mm-hmm. jokes, nothing. Nothing for broils either as well. You know, no, a black man in position none of, of power. That. Nobody even thinks twice about it. That yet. he's the boss. Kirk, As- yeah. Kirk Acevedo is a, is a, you know, is a Latina. Nobody cares. Yeah. Love that. 2022 lens. I mean, that is so well Nina done. Nina in charge of massive dynamic as well. You know, she's Nobody, a, right. Nina, a short, I mean, redheaded, disabled woman, in fact. Right. If that's the yes. right term, I don't know. But she, uh, yeah. she's not got a limb. Yeah. Yeah. She, again, uh, so that through the 2022 lens. All of that is done so perfectly. And then you're, mm-hmm. and even the way they handle mental illness in this is yeah. really like when they go back to the mental institution, that whole thing is so heartbreaking. Oh, it's amazing. And it's yeah. so touching. So there's so many positive 20. So I'm really, and again, if this isn't as old as Buffy and Angel, but mm-hmm. it's still, mm-hmm. it's still different. Like there's still a line in the sand. This show happened pre social media. Like Facebook yeah. and shit existed, but we all know that. When everybody can record everything that you're saying and doing and post mm-hmm. it online, mm-hmm. people have quit being as big a dicks. Um, mm-hmm. Not all people, because like there's an American football player called Cam Newton who was on a podcast. Mm-hmm. So like we're on. He knew it was recording and he said out loud he likes women who shut their mouth and cook. Clapper. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, in so many ways. <laughs> Please, everyone, if you're listening, that statement was said with sarcasm. Yeah. But fuck that guy. I mean, seriously. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's so outrageous. So it's like there are those idiots still. So again, that but what you don't want him to watch this show. Don't try to no. lure him in with <laughs> with a with a leg and a you know and a woman and a sexy woman in a bra. That's just so stupid. It's just so stupid. It's like the swimsuit issue. So in America, there's this magazine called Sports Illustrated, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and every year they do the swimsuit issue. There's no sports in the Sports Illustrated, suite, but it's the number one <laughs> selling magazine I'm sure. every year. So it's like. The episode, the issue before is like a baseball player. And the episode before is like, you know, a tennis player or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it's like women in bikinis. And it's absurd that we're pretending that you're buying. Most people will get a Sports Illustrated subscription because that comes with it. And then you don't right, have yeah. to go to the newsstand and buy it. It just gets mm-hmm. sent to your house and you can. And it's so it's it's just that absurd to pretend that you're getting that because you're going to buy swimsuits. And in that swimsuit issue, it has I mean. It has the prices listed next to it. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's why you're getting it. Sure. 
So, I mean, obviously, I've seen the swimsuit issue. I, I was just, you know, you know, yeah. I was a teenage boy at one point in time. <laughs> but again, a teenage boy, like if this were on when I was a teenage boy, mm-hmm. I would have watched it anyway. All the teenage boys, I mean, they didn't show Scully's leg. I keep coming back. It's hard not I to. I was a teenage leg. boy when X Files was on. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, again, you're, 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 know your crowd. This is mm-hmm. for the nerd. Like she's sexy for, mo- for all the reasons. So that just bugs me, but I appreciate. So that's why it's so stark because of the way they handle mm-hmm. everybody else. Mm-hmm. And I just love Astrid. What a great character. What a, an amazing. That is a woman who is confident in who she is. And I know she comes across as a bit of a Mary Sue, but they, they limp at the beginning. She's like, I studied languages and this. Mm-hmm. You're like, did you though? Can we stop having you study? And then they stop. That's the guy with two masters. I mean, why listen, I understand. <laughs> but they stop. But they stop. And it made sense at the beginning. You're establishing who the character is. Mm-hmm. And you need you need her to be useful. She can't yeah, just she's be. she's she's a hura, right? She's our linguist and she's our she is a, that's exactly who she is. Oh, that's perfect. But unlike Ahura, her pants fit. <laughs> in fact, I don't know if we ever, you know, she's only ever seen kind of. Yeah, we don't position. know. Yes. But we also know, you know we, she we, might we walk all... around without wearing any for all we, we know. have no idea. Yes. Or wow. I'll, but when we finally get to the original series, we'll have things to say about oh, wow, we outfits. We but there's, will. but I was, all, I'm on record as also saying I was never a boy who thought girls were icky. So, no. oh, her yeah. rang tie in my. I know the mm. girls aren't gross as a little boy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, they wanted you to think that too. They did, and sure. I did. <laughs> 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 I will acknowledge that. But again, when you think back on her, like when you watch Star Trek as an adult. That's not why she's sexy either. No, no, no. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, she's so awesome. Yeah. Pen- and there's- pencil that pencil that in for what, six, seven months time? We'll <laughs> Whenever we get there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't know when we'll get to that, but I, it's exciting. So this was good. So I love it. Um, other 2022 stuff. Sorry, I didn't mean to hijack your part of it. No, so no, but it's a discussion, isn't it? I yeah. think I think that's it, really. I think uh, Emma and I discussed it very briefly before we came on tonight. I thought I'd ask her for her perspective as a first-time viewer, as a woman. She had nothing to say. She thought it all held up pretty well. I, uh, I do, know. too. I think so, uh, too. I thought it was important to get that perspective from her, and I'll do that each time this this time because she's watching along with me, which is great. Um, so I want to hear what she has to say about it, and obviously we'll get Rhea's perspective at the end as well. Um, I think it's the best – It held, it's, it holds up the best of anything we've watched so far, for sure. Sure, without a doubt. And I think it's because – I, it just seems like, you know, sometimes you just catch lightning in a bottle. You know, yeah. some shows are that way and you don't know when you start. You don't know when mm-hmm. you start. Mm-hmm. That's what it's going to be. But it's like some shows. It's because of the cultural zeitgeist or whatever. But sometimes it's just like that cast, like the original cast, like Friends, the friend, like when you see yeah. who they tried to cast where you're like, well, I mean, it it worked out really well. It, mm. it, it for all the writing and Friends is one of the best written shows ever. Hands down they're reading they're still doing those lines sure you know yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean to me the linchpin of that is is lisa kudrow i think my opinion she's doing the most work on that show interesting because i think being dumb is hard playing dumb is hard yeah yeah great yeah and uh and uh that's my opinion but i mm-hmm. but again you still can't i just but you couldn't take any of them out even if you hate ross you couldn't not have him i don't get it i'm a ross ross is my guy yeah, but people hate him for some reason. I don't get it. Yeah, I know. I don't know. He's hysterical. He is hysterical. Yeah, because yeah. he's a paleontologist who sees a 
uh, a pediatrician because he's terrified of me. It's like, <laughs> like that's a funny character trait. Like that's a well-written show. And that's what, why this show holds up. It's so well-written. Yeah, it is well-written. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was a delight. So there we are, everybody. Mm. We have, we finished Fringe. So you've heard the theme, just a 20-second intro and outro yep. theme of Fringe. We're just going to play that. And um, because it's good and I like that theme song. Um, mm. Okay, so we called the show Observing Fringe, um, which is not alliterative. But as Jack, no. Jack, Jack picked the name and he said, you'll know right away. And so by episode mm -hmm. four, you meet the observer. And I think it's perfect. He's not in a ton of episodes. And I think nope. that's smart. He doesn't overstay his welcome. But by having him there and knowing what he is, that means he's in every episode. He is. Uh, I don't know how many times you managed to spot him. But, but it's um, brilliant. It's a fun game to play. Yeah, yeah, he's always around somewhere. And I think it's really smart. So it is a fun game, but it also makes a lot of sense because it's all part of this thing. It's a conspiracy. It does, you know, scratch my conspiracy itch. I'm not mm. a, you know, I, I, I think we all believe in some conspiracies. So, yeah, yeah, you know, and I would like to say to you, I want to tell you this story. Um, and I would like your thoughts. As I know, we've, we've only got about 15 minutes before I have to go because I'm always the one on a strict rigid schedule. Sorry about that. Um, so the multiverse. Mm. Here's, I'm going to tell you another story. So I told you my story about my horrible teacher. This is, yeah. this is the story about Lee, but, I, but I've had moments of like this, but this is the most specific one. Lee's my mm -hmm. one. So we'll be talking about our partner. So where we used to live in Michigan, there's this, there's this back road where you could go from one part of, of her town to the adjoining town. And um, you go around and there's an old railroad track there that doesn't work very often. So they, instead of having gates, they're just a stop sign. Mm-hmm. But they, but it's not a stop sign. It's a yield sign. Okay. But, and it is, it's a yield sign the whole time. But one day Lee's driving by and there was a stop sign there. So mm -hmm. she stopped because she always stopped at it anyway. And she looks and she even says, that's where there's a stop sign. So she looks in the rear view mirror and it's clearly the back of a stop sign. Then when she was going home later the day, it was a yield sign again. Mm -hmm. And so it is my contention. And mm -hmm. I believe this, you can, I'll think of it is that not the how deja vu is explained that what happened is is the two universes bumped against each other and then in a different universe there is a stop sign there mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and for whatever reason that lee if she exists in a very slider type sliders type way for whatever because because the idea being of the multiverse if you exist in the multiverse you don't have to exist in a parallel universe no. that's not something that has to happen you don't have to exist there i just read a book about the multiverse where there's not a one for one because they've evolved mm -hmm. differently as they mm -hmm. were but in the so my theory is in the two multiverses that that lee was driving that road as she would and at that same time both cars were there so just saved some energy to just share that moment mm -hmm. and that lee in this universe with the stop sign and lee in my universe with the yield sign were both there at the same time and it didn't know what to do Mm. I believe that. I know that sounds totally nuts, but I, and I've got, have to have other things that have happened to me that feel like things that are there and then they're not there. Mm -hmm. And you can say it's ghosts or whatever you want to say, whatever you want to believe in. But it's like, I know that that's there and you go out of the room and you come back and I don't have a specific, as something as specific. Mm -hmm. as the mm -hmm. And then it is there. And yep. I didn't move it and I'm at home alone in the house. So it's either ghosts or it's the tumult. It's the universe is banging into each other. That's yeah, my yeah. theory. No, I like thoughts? it. No, I like it. Um, it. I mean, is it your Leah? Has she crossed over? I don't know. I hope it's still her. I mean, <laughs> well, it is her now because she's it's her now. Yeah, it's too. been a long time since that happened. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, no, I like it. I remember years ago, once uh, starting writing uh, like a spec script or a spec novel, didn't know where it was going, about the idea of like, I don't know if you've had this, but often I will have a really mundane dream and I'll forget it. But then a month, six months, 10 years, whatever later, do you have that sense of like, oh, that's weird. And then your brain will go, oh, I dreamt this. I dreamt this exact moment happening. And it's so mundane. It's so unimportant. And I was going to write a story about like, it's your premonitions of an important moment. It will feel mundane, but you will do something small that will really matter for where your path will diverge mm-hmm. next. It will be, I don't know. I don't know. Nothing. I was going to, I was going to pick something I thought was mundane, but it wasn't, you know, do I say yes to you to start doing a podcast? That's not mundane. That's, that's a yeah, big I get decision. what you mean though. Sure. But it'd be something small, like, do you have another cup of coffee or do you, how, do you look before you cross the road? I don't know that even that's not mundane because you get run over. I don't know, yeah. but it's small. It was small things. And again, I, I felt it was that sense of like, it's the diverging roads. So yeah, yeah I, I do believe in this sense of, I think that's why fringe means so much to me. And it'll be interesting to hear what Neil and Matt say and what Rhea says when she comes on as well um, about this sense of, that extra perception, which we all sometimes feel like we have, there's truth to it. And I, and I mentioned it earlier, this sense of, you know, everything is magic until it's science. Sure. 100% and that's what, sure. it, that's yeah. what this show is about, right? right? Everything, everything is unexplainable until you can explain it. And then, and now, and so, yeah, I love that idea. So I love your story. Yeah. It's great. yeah. Yeah. And so for me, the argument is also, I mean, and a lot of this goes back to PKD, right? I mean, like, mm-hmm he did this first and he probably did, but yeah. he just did it best. He probably didn't first, but he just did like man in the high castle. I'll tell you, I love it's on that. My book. List. I have not seen it. Well, the book is it. really, the, the short story is written almost like it's a documentary. Like it's written mm-hmm. very perfunctory. So you're like, it's real. It feels real. And then they did a mm. great job with the show. Um, Alexa Davalos. Exactly. Yeah. It's the star of that. Um, it's funny too, because she's in that series. Uh, she plays Juliana Crane, and our whole thing is like, why the fuck is everybody in love with Juliana Crane? Like in this universe, and she's awful. Like as a character, she's, mm. I mean, the actress is great, but like she just does terrible things. But everybody, men, women, old men, <laughs> gay men, all fall in love a little bit with Juliana Crane. Like that's her magic power. But it's pretty cool. So PKD has dealt with this, like paycheck. Mm. You know, he's, he, mm-hmm. he likes to, to play with the multiverse idea and that and obviously um he the obviously back to the future is a multiverse mm-hmm. you know thing so it, i think it just makes sense you know to to say everything you're saying everything is magic until it's science but it's also um everything is i'm like you mm-hmm. everything is real and everything is not real there's also the argument can be had and i think we'll have it maybe when we get to the end of 100 episodes is mm-hmm. the the epistemological argument or are you a brain in a vat right yeah. but then now we call it the matrix now it's the matrix are we living mm-hmm. in a simulation mm-hmm. so there's lots of stuff i you know i read lots of books about it i've read several books recently science fiction books that are making the argument we're in a simulation or we're not i just read a book about the multiverse where London is the center of the world. So you, and there's gray London, which is where you live. <laughs> and then there's red London, which is like where magic is a little more powerful. White London, where magic is, is like driven people crazy. And black London, where magic has killed everybody. And so, but they all sit on the same space and there's a few people mm. who can walk between them. And in that universe, it's not a one for one. You're yeah. only born in one universe. So it's like this cool idea. So I think, 
we don't know. I mean, it's easy to just say it's all a simulation. What you're imagining, those glitches, those premonitions you have, mm-hmm. that's a glitch in the matrix, right? Um, mm-hmm. Some would say it's the multiverse bumping. So it's just fun. It's fun to think about. So I like big thoughts. This is yeah. why we just covered South and Tales. And, and so that talks about the multiverse. I think it's, it's one of those things like dragons. Um, mm-hmm. How could it be that everybody all around the world who were not connected in any way saw dragons unless mm-hmm. there were mm-hmm. fucking dragons? <laughs> right? Sure. Why not? I yeah. mean, they may not be fire breathing. They were just pterodactyls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Sure. That because that, of course it makes sense the dinosaurs that would live the longest would be the ones that could fly. Mm-hmm. But for us to pretend that that isn't real, that humans and, and pterodactyls didn't live at the same time when there's like cave drawings in Belize and there's cave drawings in, you know, and there's sketches in China and there's stuff in like indigenous Canada and they all see the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. It's probably had to be real because they weren't <laughs> like there was no internet or telegraph at the time. Yeah. You know, so it's like, how is it everybody's thinking about the multiverse unless people like you've had those experiences? I don't remember mm-hmm. my in my whole life. I'm f- almost 49. Um, I've only ever remembered um, five dreams. In my whole life. What, what is it they say about people that can't remember their dreams? I don't know. Are they sociopaths? Yeah, I believe so. Well, that that's, if you, that's if you don't dream, isn't it? Because then you get re- you act about a real life. I know that. I mean, I wake up from a dream like I'll wake up mm. in a panic, but I can't. But it's gone. Yeah, I yeah, don't. Yeah, I, yeah. I just. I'm generally I, the same as that. To be fair. Yeah, yeah. So it's funny. So, but that's why the ones that you do remember mean even mm-hmm. more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. I mean, one of mine was a cartoon. One of the also. ones I remember. So does that mean the multiverse of me was inside yeah. a cartoon? Wouldn't that be cool? I like Roger Rabbit World. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway, well, this cool. is fun. I just had to ask because how can you not? So I think we'll ask big questions as we go, and I think we'll ask yeah. Neil and we'll ask Matt. We'll ask Rhea their opinions on the multiverse and is this a multiverse or is it? The Matrix. Mm. Well, you know, our reality or the, fr- or the fringe reality. Yeah, yeah, right. It'll be fun. I'm excited. Well, thank you for it this. Will. So thank you, everybody, for listening. I have a website called arfarina.com. Mm. You can go. You can see, leave me messages or say whatever. Also, you should subscribe to Comics in Motion. You should subscribe to Pop Gorillas. Uh, there's stuff. There's a new show coming out on Pop Gorillas I, and Comics in Motion and maybe even VHS Strikes Back. What would that be? And how would people hear it and hear about it? I believe so. Yeah. So um, I've decided to bless the world or curse the world or who, who knows? I mean, just what the world needs is another podcast. Um, it's practically one for every person on the planet at this point, I think. But... For every white dude, for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to be launching in a couple of weeks time back to the filmography, uh, which is going to be me and hopefully a multitude of dimensional guests talking about Jason Statham and his mm very many varied films 41 to date so we'll see by the time i finish hopefully meg yeah. 2 will be out by the time you get to oh, the end beautiful hopefully yeah i'm I not sure that'll be meg. out in 18 months but we'll, we'll see eh? yeah um yeah so you're right it's a pop grillers production so a main feed is going to be there but the wonderful dave and chris are helping me to cross promote so we'll be appearing on comics motion for a while and then we'll be doing a crossover episode with the VHS Strikes Back, I believe, for episode six. So we'll see. Um, episode in a few weeks six, what will that be? That will be Me Machine. Ooh, right. Nice. I so love that. Chris is coming on, I hope. He sort of provisionally said yes, um, because, of course, it's a remake of The Longest Yard, which is um, his favorite actor's uh, role, or uh, well, one of his roles. Um 
so we can do a bit of a comparison and then the data that'll be a perfect opportunity to do a bit of vhs crossover so he'll be nice. appearing in form there as well yeah i'm really nice. excited yeah and so how would people if they wanted updates on back to the, the filmography the best way is as everything is with me to go onto twitter and it has its own twitter handle now which is back to the film og but also by following me i'm jack's musings yeah, and you should and you should read I Am Sex Music because we're getting ready. The Pop Gorillas are getting ready to do mm. um, the Mayhem month, but we're going to do at one the first through the twelfth on Pop Gorillas. We're going to do one Friday the thirteenth a, a mm. day, and then we'll put the collection out on Comics in Motion all thirteen on Friday the thirteenth, and then um, it's going to be exciting. Those are bad so far. <laughs> Those are bad so far, and do you know what? It really really pains me and i know this is where my ocd tendencies come in why is it only 12 it really annoys me it's friday the 13th and they've stopped at 12 like just put out another shit film it doesn't matter make it 13 they're all bad yeah it just it's like when you buy a collection of comics or a collection of books and they change the spine part way through it's so painful they put the wrong names above the wrong actors on posters it needs to be 13 just bring out one more i think i'm gonna to have to make my own we'll just make our own yeah we'll just make yeah. our own yeah okay well that'll be fun it I'm will excited. be fun. i'm excited for your friday 13. so that's coming up too so those are all the things that you should do and um we're busy and, sh- and most importantly you should watch fringe you should watch fringe this was great thank you for picking fringe oh well i'm i'm you know i'm so glad that you're enjoying it because obviously, i fucking love it i don't think it was a risk because i think obviously we know each other very well now yeah. and i think i knew you were going to love it but I hope you continue to, to love I, it as we I don't. Going. I can't. It's been hard to not binge. So watching the Friday the 13th <laughs> movies and the other stupid shit I've been watching. is That's been helpful. helping. But I'm coming up. I'm going to watch uh, Snatch coming up soon because that's... You are going to watch I'm Snatch. I'm going to be on are... Back to the Filmography. Yes, number two. two. Woo, I'm very excited. Well, okay. Well, thanks, everybody. And we will um, see you in the other universe. Yeah. Bye now. <laughs> Take care.